Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, it's season 2, it's episode 21, it is the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, so where we have a bit of a focus and we touch base with those teams from the Western Force that are playing in their domestic season, and of course the West Coast Fever, and we will bring you you know, snippets and highlights every now and then of the Western Warriors, the Perth Wildcats, maybe even the Perth Glory when they release either signings of players, big players, and players that are important to their their upcoming season, which will be later on in the year, and also in the form of the Perth Glory when they eventually announce whoever the coach is. But for now, we're going to start off with a team that we normally start off with as a team that's pretty much rolling at the moment, and they're getting to the pointy end of their season. And of course, I'm talking about the West Coast Fever. To pass to Zariang with the interception. That's a massive play from the Diamonds goal defence. And if they can drain this, well, that's going to be oh. an exclamation point, isn't it? Well, that's why she's in the side. Firstly, Ariang with the interception. Yes, onto and the West Coast Fever. Just before we get to them, though, I'm just quickly in the intro. I did Drains forget. Oh, you've obviously listened eight. this far, so if you haven't already, please do not forget do to like, subscribe, for leave a rating, and leave yes, a review. Uh, of course, you can listen to us on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. But to the matter at hand, and we're talking about the West Coast Fever, but I tell you what, they actually had to take one step back because they got an almighty challenge uh, which arose from the Melbourne Vixens. And despite a home game, they generally just couldn't capitalise and they missed out on a golden opportunity to go one game ahead of the top of the ladder. And this is going into the final part of the season and this also would have been to secure home court advantage in the finals. They lost 70-64. to 64. The Vixens, they raced out to a 23-14 to 14 lead by quarter time, and the win was mainly thanks to a Moaia Kawenda shooting spree of 45 from 46 goals. But as we said, a 23-14 to 14 lead in the, in the first quarter, it's going to be very difficult to get yourself back into the game from there. West Coast Fever, they were arguably the better side for the final three quarters. But giving up that kind of start, it's just going to make your life very, very hard and extremely difficult. They had eight general play turnovers, and they were down eight to one uh, in less than four minutes of play during the first term. So they just did not start the game well at all. Um, In the end, they had seven more deflections, but six less gains, and they conceded 12 penalties for contact. The closest they got was to five goals in both the third and the fourth. But the Vixens, they they composed themselves after that. And they were clinical with ball in hand. And this was all led by Liz Watson. She was instrumental. Uh, She had 30 goal assists and 52 feet. On the West Coast Fever side of things, uh, the captain, Courtney Bruce, she was valiant. She had five gains, 11 deflections and four intercepts. But still no Jess Ansis. And against quality opposition, um, it actually really, really hurt them. Going into their next game on the Sunday, the Giants had actually won their last three games against the Fever, um, including that one-point victory back in round six. But it was a nice bounce back. They got a great win over the Giants, and they kept themselves in touch with a top spot finish. They won the game 86-77, to and it was on the back subsequently enough, on a large 23-16 second quarter. So with a third 
and the fourth basically cancelling each other out. So it was four goal, a four-goal win to the West Coast Fever in the third, but then a four-goal loss um, to the West Coast Fever in the fourth. So they cancelled one another out, and it basically all came down to that huge second quarter. Both teams, they shot at 96%, but... Uh, the West Coast Fever, they had 77 goal attempts compared to uh, the Sunshine Coast Lightning's 49. And that was probably the difference in the end. It was 11-6 to six gains for the Fever, 7-2 offensive rebounds, 4-0, to no, uh, nothing or none, no zero defensive rebounds. They had 18 less penalties for contact, and they had f- only 15 turnovers compared to the Lightning's 22. Janelle Fowler was sensational. Uh, she was 66 from 67. Sasha Glasgow was 8 of 10 and 5 of 9 from the super shot. And in addition to this, she had 20 assists and 30 feeds. Courtney Bruce just does what she normally does. She had 6 gains, 3 deflections, and 2 intercepts. So they're sitting a clear second on the ladder. They're 3 games ahead of 3rd. But they do have a 6% advantage over the Vixens all right, in regards to their general overall percentage. Uh, but they still trail. Um, they're one game behind after that midweek loss that we just dissected and spoke about. They just need to keep on winning and hope that the Vixens suffer a loss. A loss. So one step backwards, I guess, uh, for the West Coast Fever. But of course, one step forward, getting that bounce back win. And, uh, you know, they still have plenty of home games up their sleeve, which was really, really positive. And why they're in the position that they're in, uh, being 5-2 and two, uh, in regards to the games that they played mainly away in the first half of the draw. Now they've got a, a large stretch of games playing home. Of course, they dropped one in that game against the Vixens, but we know that the Vixens are a quality outfit, and uh, they're just going to have to find a way to change something because clearly the three times that they've played them this year, uh, in regards to the time that they played them during the season, uh, the game on Tuesday, and also uh, in the pre-season competition when they played them in the final, uh, they haven't found a way to crack them yet, but I'm sure they can. I'm sure Coach Dan Ryan is working on that as we speak, uh, if he hadn't already. So we're going to leave the fever for now. They're in a pretty good spot. Um, they do need a little bit of luck to fall their way in regards to trying to you know, attain that first spot. But uh, the Melbourne Vixens are going to lose you know, eventually because it is a tight competition, despite the fact that there is a big gap between second and the rest of the, first and second and the rest of the competition. Uh, don't write off the other teams. And you can always have a bad day. And who knows, um, the West Coast Fever might have a really good one and the Vixens might be slightly off and that may give uh, West Coast Fever the opportunity opportunity to jump to top spot ahead of uh, the finals. But for now, we're going to leave them and uh, we look forward to touching base with them next week. Stowers, Stowers giving it to Ralston and Ralston will score the first try. Runs it to the line, almost intercepted. Okay, the Western Force—it's officially season over for them, unfortunately. Um, just quickly before we dissect the game that they had on the weekend, on a grassroots level, in 2021 there was a 20% increase in playing numbers across the board, with an increase to 7,000 registered players 
and the figure is expected to grow this season. So from a grassroots level, and we're talking about from you know your juniors all the way up to your senior you know amateur competitions, um, seven thousand more registered players and a twenty percent increase. That's just fantastic and really really great to hear that rugby is uh, you know has a strong and firm ground uh, you know here in WA. However, on to the game at hand, their finals run and their hunt, it's over. And this is on the back of a 21-54 loss to the Chiefs. They are down 21-0 after 31 minutes. But weirdly, and once again, they had 55% possession. And the Chiefs spent 59% of time in the forces forward half. They made 50 more tackles. They did concede 8 tries to 3, hence the massive uh, win. Uh, and they had 27 more carries. However, this is probably where the game was won and lost. Uh, the Chiefs, um, they had 168 metres gained. So of all the runs that they did have, they made a lot with it. And of course, you know, had lots of metres gained, lots of runs. Uh, the fourth, they had 40 more rucks. Um, the lineouts, they were actually even. Um, and the scrums, one was plus seven to the Chiefs. So that's sort of the game broken down there. And uh, yes, unfortunately for the uh, the Western Force, their season in regards to trying to make finals, it's over. Um, we know that, um, unfortunately, the coach is going to be leaving us at the end of this year, and then there'll be a new person in charge. But I hope that for all that Tim Sampson has done for the club, you know, he got them to finals last year for the first time ever uh, after coming back into the club after being you know omitted under controversial circumstances which we all know about and we've all and you'll just eventually have to move on from it but i hope that they can show you a little bit more because the last two games um, that they had you know against the crusaders and then the chiefs um, it just hasn't been forced rugby um, but there there has been aspects uh, from those stats that i'm reading out and you know the breakdown of the game where you know they have opportunities but they're just not taking them and they're not delivering clinically um, at the time and the pointy end that they need to so we will see how how they can bounce back if they can bounce back and uh, you know we do look forward to you know them getting back on the park this weekend uh, it, it unfortunately it does not get any easier any easier um, they do actually play their makeup game against Moana Pacifica which was cancelled uh, about three or four weeks ago uh, they play that tomorrow um, so you know that will be an opportunity opportunity to get back on track and then uh, they will play actually the Hurricanes uh, at HBF Park on Saturday so a midweek game uh, which will be tomorrow on Tuesday uh, the 24th of the 5th and then they play the Hurricanes uh, on Saturday at 8 p.m. and yeah we'll see how it all plays out but uh force let's hope you can bounce back and you know what we say bat banter Western force it is over to you All right, quick little touch base with the Perth Glory, more so just on the awards season. Um, defender Daryl Luchman, uh, the Luchman, sorry, he pl- and he played every game in the disastrous campaign. He actually won the most glorious player. Not only did he win that, he won the Players Player of the Year, and he was the Members Player of the Year. He won all those three awards. Um, so most glorious, the Players Player, 
and the Members Player of the Year. So he just did the clean sweep, and to be honest, the, one of the main reasons why is because he was one of the few players that actually played on the pitch for almost every game. Not to take away that he played really well in all those games, but the fact that he was one of the few that actually played almost every game across the season. Because we didn't have many who were in that basket uh, with a mixture, of course, of covid and injuries which just you know resulted and contributed strongly to the disastrous season that the Perth Glory had last season. The one positive as well is our defender Daryl Lutchman. He did sign a contract extension for another two years and he threw his weight behind, uh, of course, current interim coach Ruben Zakovic quite a bit. So we'll see whether how much traction that has. And uh, as I said, right at the very start, and we'll be touching base with you on, on some glory news once the new coach is uh, announced and, of course, any star signings that uh, that come across the books. On the women's side of things, a Danish international midfielder, Mileth Jans, was named the women's most glorious player. And Captain Natasha Rigby, she was the Players' Player Award winner. So that's it for now for the Perth Glory in regards to, you know, touching base with them. Uh, come the award season and we'll probably do that uh, for the Perth Wildcats when we get to that point uh, when they have their Perth Wildcats ball but for now we don't have any other announcements of course last week we did the same thing with the Western Warriors when they announced all their contracts and we'll continue to touch base with them and keep you in the loop keep you posted because we know listeners that you want to be and have all that information at your fingertips because sometimes you just don't get the chance to see it but uh For now, for the Perth Glory, we are out. Okay, that's it. We're done. We're dusted. That's season two. It's episode 21. Of course, as you well know, this is the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. If you haven't already, please do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. Whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on board. Thank you so much. And we look forward to touching base with you and all our WA teams on the domestic sporting scene next week.